Hello, I'm Harry Canandez and you are listening to the Functional Tennis Podcast. Welcome to the Functional Tennis Podcast. I'm Fabio Molly, your host. Today I chat to Eric Hernandez. Eric is the strength and conditioning coach of Daniel Medvedev. They've been working together since 2014 when Daniel had just finished his junior career and he's been with him ever since, more recently to his rise to world number one a few weeks back. Eric tells us about his training mythology, getting Daniel to buy into strength training and their working relationship, the importance of building leg strength and a lot more. Eric's super knowledgeable in the area and you'll definitely end the episode with a greater knowledge of strength and conditioning for tennis players. Before we get started, our new sweet spot training tool, the Functional Tennis Sabre, is very close to pre-launching. Keep an eye out for it on our Instagram page or website for all the info. Can't wait for you to see it. And a huge thanks to our podcast sponsor, Slinger, who make the awesome portable ball machine, the Slinger Bag. Check out their Instagram account, Slinger Bag, or their website, slingerbag.com. For all the info, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. I'll be more than happy to assist. Okay, let's jump on to our call with Eric. Hi, Eric. Welcome to the Functional Tennis Podcast. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And you? I appreciate to be with you and to talk about uh, our favorite sport, the tennis. Yes, no, a pleasure to have you on. You are the strength and conditioning coach for world number one, Daniel Medvedev, and it's an honor to have you on here. But maybe tell us a bit about yourself, where you're from, how you got started, if you have any tennis background, and how you got started in the strength and conditioning world. Okay, I'm uh, Eric, I'm French, uh, I live in south of France and uh, I did my university also in France, my sports university. Uh, I started in the tennis 12 years before, but it was not my sport. Uh, when I was young, I, I did a lot of different sports, I touched on a lot of sports, but tennis was not my sport. And when I finished my university, I had one or two opportunities to work in the small club. It was 12, 12 years before and uh, I started like this. And step by step, I developed my way to work in the tennis until the last step <laughs> with Daniel. Uh, but I met Daniel uh, eight years before and I t- started with him in the June uh, 2014. We did all steps all together. And uh, yeah, this is my story in the tennis. I'm not from the tennis. My favorite sport when I was young was the soccer. And step by step, I learned to transfer a bit some abilities uh, from the other sport for the tennis. I developed my way to think about the tennis and my process about the tennis. And I had some good opportunities to to show and to share with different uh, coaches and other fitness coach. And I had, I had some opportunities to work correctly. And I started at the beginning on the small club and after in the Monaco Federation of the Tennis, a small federation, but with uh, one, uh, one team in the Davis Cup and some players around 500, uh, 300, 500 ATP. And after we started to work with a higher player and I met Daniel and uh, some other player. We started with one group and step by step, uh, hold the step until the, the best place. Wow. And in university, did you study strength and conditioning? Yeah, I did uh, five years in uh, French university sports and it's, uh, it's between uh, management of sports. Uh, it means like to build your company and how to organize your business. And on the other part, all the strengths and conditioning, all the physiology, biomechanic, anatomy of the human body. 
to understand how you can develop this uh, human performance. Nice. And when you start working with your local tennis club, did you know this is what you want to do for a long time? No, it was like an opportunity to work. Uh, when I was like this 12 years before, I worked uh, in the small club of the tennis. I work in the cycling team, uh, regional team, not like uh, like uh, we can call it half pro. I had something in the basketball also. And I was in different sports and I said, okay, let's go for the tennis. I like this sport. It's individual Uh, sport. I was more in collective sport and he said, okay, let's go to learn something and to develop my experiences. And uh, I started like this and never, never, it was in my head to think like, okay, I will be a, a big, big, uh, I mean, big fitness coach in the tennis at the high level. It was, you know, not in my head. He said, okay, let's go to start on this sport and we will see where I will go. And when you start working with Daniel at the start, did you think this guy could be world number one or we just say he's a good tennis player, he needs a bit of work? I mean, it was like when I started with Daniel, as I said, in June uh, 2014, he was at the end of the junior uh, season, okay. at the end of the junior. And for sure, he, he was with potential. You have like some group like this when you have, to, when you are top 20 in the junior, uh, for sure you are, you have a potential. But uh, on my way to think on this sport, it's not because you are at the high level in junior that you will be in top 100 and you will do career. Uh, me, I'm totally in opposition of that. And uh, it was okay. This guy has some abilities. He has some potential, tennis potential. He knows to play tennis. But we can develop a lot of things on this physical part because we can see that he is like weak in a different uh, part of the fitness and is in a good uh, way. You know, he's top 20 in junior. It means that we can improve a lot of part of his performance. And yeah, it was interesting. After, for sure, <laughs> no one can say, yeah, he will be top 10. Or, yeah. Don't talk about number one because no one can say this player will be number one. Even if you see Alcaraz now, no one can say for sure he will be number one. He is on the good way, but no one can say. But me with Daniel, it was, okay, he has the potential to become a professional. But I don't know, professional means uh, 150, 180, uh, no one can say, no one. Yeah. And it was not in my head. It was, okay, let's go to push this guy to see where we can go. But uh, with no limits, because we cannot know. And I've seen some of the videos, I've posted some of your videos where he's working hard. You do a lot of stuff without a racket, a lot of shadow and stuff. And But how hard does he actually work? Is he a beast or an animal, as they like to say? He's a big engine. <laughs> I don't know if we ca we can call him a beast, but uh, <laughs> for sure we have we had and we have different steps on the development of Daniel. It means like we we started as I told you almost eight years before, and it was just to put the base on the strengths, on the coordination for the tennis. And we started like this at the beginning. Daniel was not like a big worker, but he worked, but not like you know to push him every day. It was. Uh, He was young, 18 years old. You are still like uh, not a real an adult. <laughs> It's true. And we have to, to learn a lot of things. And uh, yeah, he was a good worker, but not amazing. It was sometimes not easy to say, Allez, let's go to do that. And he, he didn't know, he didn't understand why he did all this stuff. But step by step, uh, we build, uh, how you say, our confidence to work all together and say, okay, I explain you every day why you do this, why you do this. You want to know why we do that? I can explain you. We want to know this, this, and it was like this. And step by step, he understood. He understood why he uh, he worked like that. 
And for me, the most important, when he learned and when he understood why uh, we push him like this every day and why he has to do this, 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 himself, he said, okay, I have the potential, you explain me everything and let's go to push more. And when he understood this, we saw, also it was in the link to touch high level when he did the year uh, 320 and he finished the year 99, for sure he understood that, yeah, man, I can do a career and I can become a professional. And he changed a bit his way to think how he wants to work and he worked more and it was like, I mean, so easy for us, step by step to to add something and to build something more. And now I can tell you that for me, huh, it's just my opinion, but Daniel is a very, very big worker. He spent a lot of time on the court, in the fitness room. And for me, he's one of the guys who work the most, you know. Uh, for sure, you have some players who work uh, like uh, like him, like us, but he's on the group where, uh, you know, we spend a lot of time on the, on the physical part because he knows also and he understood that without physical part, uh, he cannot play tennis. When you see his physical, he's tall, very skinny. And mm. if he doesn't have this big base of physical, how he can play? I mean, he cannot touch the high level if he doesn't have this physical. And explain what is a big base of physical. Is it leg strength, endurance, a mix of both, or is it being able to do certain exercises? For me, I give you my opinion. I learned this maybe because I become of the other sport, but for me, tennis is a leg sport. I said every time this in the beginning, when I started in the tennis, tennis is a leg sport and the base is to be very strong and very mobile with mm. the coordination to, to transfer that. And after, for sure, you need to know how to hit the ball, but the first is to have a good legs, very strong, to move fast and to have the highest coordination with the ball who is coming to you. And uh, this was the base. That's why to build the player, it was not to develop the upper body at the beginning. It was to develop the lower body. Lower body and core to say, okay, man, you have to, you are tall, you have good uh, way to move because Daniel moved uh, good huh, when I meet her. I, we we optimize this, but it was it was not bad on that. And uh, we say, okay, we build your strengths, your stability, the capacity to run as he is doing, to repeat this kind of effort. And after, we will see to develop a bit your upper body and what we can do uh, in the other part. But the first, first thing was the strengths of the lower body to say, okay, man, tennis is a leg sport. You have to learn. You have to work uh, to how to use your legs with the good coordination. Not only to do strengths uh, for the strengths, it was to do strengths for the tennis in the link with the movement. And let's say for a 16, 17-year-old, a couple of years left in juniors, one, how, how much time when they're not competing should they be spending in the gym room doing non-tennis exercises? And is there any, I, don't, I know everybody's different, is there like two or three exercises which are essential for tennis players? Mm, I don't know if we can say there is like two or three uh, specific exercises, but for sure I can count like this, maybe five, six, seven, eight uh, main exercises to develop the lower body. And for me, the key is, uh, how you say, uh, to put the red line on your work and to keep this red line. It means like the goal with Daniel was to develop his lower body first. It means that in his program, during the year, we need to have this red line to say, okay, each three days we work on that uh, because if you work on that during 10 days when he is with you and when he goes in the tournament he lose second round he has four days he doesn't do this work you miss this red line you know mm -hmm. uh, that's why the most important and the key for me is to define 
the red line of the work and to keep it during I mean, it was like this during two years. Two years, we keep this red line to say, okay, man, you want to develop. You are a tennis player. You play a lot of tournaments, a lot of matches. We don't have a lot of time. But anyway, as soon as you lose, let's go to do this work. Let's go to continue on, on this way. Let's go to try to touch this goal. And it was our way to work. I mean, when you see like this, it's very simple, but hard to put uh, on your program when you are on the tour on the tennis. And I'm sure you're dealing with emotions as well. When you lose, maybe some people get fired up, some get upset. You know, it can be hard probably to get some players going again. Yeah. What are those, give me an example of those main base exercises? It means we uh, we walk, you know, it, it can be like uh, very simple, like uh, hip trust exercise. Uh, you saw some videos uh, of Daniel to do it. Yeah. Hip trust is the extension of the hip work on your glutes, your hamstring and stability of your hip. And uh, for sure, this kind of muscles and this way to work, you use it when you do some tennis of movement, you work on the laterality when you move on side and you, when you block, uh, you come back, you sprint in the other side. Uh, all this stability of the hip is very important, the strength of the hip. Also, we talk about extension of the hip when you sprint, uh, you know, a bit on the side or a little bit front. Uh, for sure, you use this extension of the hip and it's like very important to work it. Hip trust for me is one of the main exercises. I did. I think it was a day or two after the hip trust video went online. Then there was one of Emma Raducanu doing it. I'm not sure if you saw it, where she had yeah. 200, she had 200 kilos on the hip trust bar. It was crazy, like, and she was doing it for fun. It was crazy because you know uh, to touch this uh, this weight like this 200 for me it means like it's a little bit too much. And even if she can do, uh, I don't know, I don't know. When I see this video, I say I was a little bit surprised to say, okay, wow, it's uh, very, really, really, really big. <laughs> Yeah, it was big. But what's been the secret for you being able to have this, uh, you say, since eight-year relationship with Daniel to keep it going? Because that's an important part of growth. It means about the human relation, yes? Yeah, like what's the secret? How have you managed to stick together for this long? I don't know if there is like, I cannot tell you there is like one secret because uh, everyone is different. And uh, Daniel has his personality. I have my character. And, uh, you know, I just to have like two things, to have this professional part to say, okay, I'm the coach, I'm the fitness trainer, he's a, ten he's a tennis player, and we have to keep this uh, distance between. I'm his coach, I'm not his friend, I'm not his, uh, you know, and uh, we have to keep it even if we were good, even if we have a good result and we worked uh, during a lot of years together. Uh, for me, this distance is important to keep our, uh, everyone at his place, you know. Uh, this is important. And after, it's just like uh, the capacity <laughs> adaptation of the human. It's, uh, mm, oh, I can tell you, I don't know. I don't know. It's, uh, there is no key just to be honest, to be honest on your work, to not, uh, you know, uh, lie when you, there is some problem because it's not because you are fitness coach that your player will not have injury or something like this. Uh, this is in the process of the high level in sports. Uh, check around you all the professional sports had some injury in his career and it's not every time the fault of the fitness, you know. Uh, that's why, to be honest, sometimes you do some exercise to try to manage it. Sometimes you do, you are sure. Uh, Sometimes you, just to be honest, on your way to work, to not, you know, every time I say you throw, you throw some stars like this. Yes, yeah. no, no, this is, stay calm, stay logical. Try to explain what you do. 
And you have to explain every time why you are doing that, why you prefer to do this kind of exercise or this, this kind of practice. And uh, yeah, to work in this honest atmosphere and and you build step by step the confidence. And uh, yeah, after is a human uh, human relation. That's it. That's it. But the two keys will be will be to stay simple, to explain everything, uh, to listen the player, and on the other side to keep your distance don't forget that you are one coach and you are here for the performance first and if you have the amical uh, friend link is good but the most important I prefer to be a little bit like this with the player but we have some result and we have the performance that to be like a friend and to not have yeah that, that's a good point and how often are you on the road I saw you're at Indian Wells do you travel much with him or is a lot of the work done back at base I can say step by step I'm, I move more but uh, me on my side I don't want to move around the world is not my uh, kind of life uh, I can say it's personal choice but uh, Daniel knows that and I said okay me uh, I can move with you on, on the tournament but my life is not to be around the you know on the tour uh, all the year this kind of uh, I mean explication Daniel understand and say okay me we have some very important period during the season and uh, you have to be with me but after uh, let's go to try to have another organization and we started like this to to say, okay, uh, when you are not with me, you practice with me, I explain you everything, and normally uh, you will be, uh, I mean, able to do by yourself uh, some mm. practice. And we have also this, uh, how you say, uh, this chance that uh, we work with Jill Savara since 2017. And this type of coach uh, is very interesting because he's, he wants to have the link with all the parts, mental, physical. He wants to understand and he came on each physical practice to see how it, how it is, how it was. And now, uh, I mean, since a lot of years, when I'm not with uh, us, I'm not with uh, them, sorry, Gilles saw the practice, knows what he has to do. He's here a bit to correct Daniel and Daniel knows what he has to do. That's why in our uh, organization, uh, me, yeah, to move a bit, to do some tournaments, but I can say I do uh, six, seven tournaments during mm. the year. Can be enough. Can be enough because when you see the season, there is okay Australia. I never, I never went, but uh, maybe one time, but after you have European tournament. Okay. For Indian Wells Miami, it's important. After you have the transition with the clay, I can go on one or two tournaments. Transition with the grass, one or two tournaments. After you have the American uh, circuit, the same can be good to be on one or two weeks. And after there is like the end of the season, if you have like a last uh, period of practice and the master, if you are in top 10 or something like this. But we can see that there is five or six big period, important period during the year. And uh, me, I can do that on tournament, no problem. Nice. At Functional Tennis, we are all about helping your tennis game get 1% better every day. That's why our match and practice journals are a great tool to have in your gear bag. The Functional Tennis match and practice journals help you plan and evaluate your matches and practice sessions. It includes goal setting, quotes, pressure tests and more. It's used by players of all ages and levels and it's a great way to get away from your phone and focus in on your game. To learn more, visit functionaltennis.com. And I see this year is obviously going to be a bit different for you with the clay court preparation. You'll be probably doing some back to basic exercises over the next month or so. But what are important exercises when you are making that transition to clay? I can tell you uh, for sure the, there is some uh, I say specific organization, specific things. On the clay, as everybody, everybody knows, 
you slide and for sure the way how you're gonna use your muscles is a little bit different especially for the adductor hamstring you use more in the eccentric part it means like when you have a contraction where your muscle is in the stretching and you have to to prepare uh, to protect these uh, muscles to have this solicitation on eccentric it's more more on the clay that's why for sure you have to keep your red line i don't forget this your red line about the strength but uh, you have to add some specific exercise for the eccentric of adductor for eccentric on hamstring some exercise for the stability of the hip during the slide and after about about cardio part it's a little bit different about the cardio part because it's the point is a little bit longer and uh yeah maybe to accentuate a bit the repetition of effort but uh yeah i can tell you that and let's say one of your players does a good pre-season and they get to december and they get certain strength levels by the end of the season so the november afterwards what sort of strength levels? Do they maintain the strength? By the sound of you, it's maintained, keeping that red line. But in general, what's the feel? Our challenge is to to keep the strength, to try to to keep this red line, as I told you. Uh, after it depends really the season. If I compare uh, last season, it means like 2019 and uh, the season here, 2021. In 2019, we finished the year. Daniel was... Uh, very, how you say, not very weak, but weaker and mm. uh, tired because he did, um, uh, remember you, he did amazing uh, summer with uh, six finals yeah. in a row. And uh, he played, it was something like 25 matches on 32 days in USA. Uh, and after he, he did a good result also in uh, in uh, Asia Tour. Yeah, he finished the year. It was, he was like three kilograms less than the main weight uh, for him, uh, you know, a little bit like sick, you know, weak and sick. Uh, and for sure, it was almost impossible to to keep our red line during two months because he played just amazing. <laughs> and when it's like this, you don't have time to practice. I mean, the practice was the match. That's it. And if we compare with the season as we did last year or uh, as you are doing now for the 2022, uh, we can say that uh, uh, we manage it and we can finish correctly the year when we finish the year. Uh, for sure, the player is tired because, I mean, everyone needs to know that uh, tennis is a very hard sport when you move around the world and when you play a lot of matches, you don't have a lot of time to recover if you have to keep this red line, this physical red line. That's why uh, at the end of the year, he was less tired than 2019, but still, you know, the end of the season, he played David Cup, he won the Davis Cup, and we had just some days. It was like uh, just two weeks of the winter preparation. It was not real winter preparation, but the same to keep the red line for the next season. At the end of the year, the player is more, uh, I mean, tired and a little bit weaker than at the end of the the winter preparation. Okay, but your goal it looks like is to try and maintain that as much as possible throughout the year. Yeah, yeah, because we don't have a lot of time in the tennis. And when you have time to, you know, and during 10 days, two weeks to work, you develop something. And after your challenge is to keep this development for the next period when you will have one week and all for two weeks to push a bit more higher to keep this. And it's like really long process. Me, every time I said I do some training course in university now in Nice, you know, just to share my experiences. And I, and I say every time, if someone say, okay, I'm going to change you in three weeks, I'm going to develop you like this. For me, it's just a dream, you know. <laughs> you cannot 
you can attend specially for the tennis. Your player play every day, uh, move around the world, play a lot of tournaments. You, you cannot have an amazing improvement like this in, in one month, you know? And after, if you have this <laughs> improvement, you have to keep it, uh, during the season. This is a big challenge. It's tough. And what are your challenges so ahead over the next? Daniel's injured. Was that from pushing the red line too much? Was it the hernia? <laughs> Our challenge because Daniel gonna stop some weeks. Uh, it means like he, we will work, huh? but step by step, he has to, to have a period of road full recover uh, for sure he's doing now this week uh, and after we're gonna restart the process to rehab my first challenge will be to come back at the same level as we 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 were uh, it means my red line for the strength for what we are doing with him uh, was to come back he was here with the injury we we decrease a bit now is to come back first at this uh, shape and when we will stabilize this uh, red line I don't know, maybe after the, you know, the, the grass season, mm. if we, if he can play as he wants, we will have some times to develop a bit before the USA tour. And after we will see after the USA tour, uh, to develop, continue the development. But uh, my first challenge will be to come back at the same shape. Nice. And you also, I know you work with a friend of mine, Vitalia Dyachenko. Do you also work with other players as well? Me, no. I mean, uh, my company, because every time is, I mean, me, I worked a bit with Vitalia because I know her since 10 years and I did some weeks during these 10 mm. years. Each year we do some weeks like this because uh, she had a lot of physical pro problem, injuries, uh, surgeries, and we did some work to try to keep her on the good way. And uh, me, no, I'm now I'm work with Daniel since two years. I'm full with him. But on the side, uh, I have my company and we work on the development of the fitness part in different sports. I started on the last May of the last year, uh, the management of the fitness of All In Company, All In Tennis Academy uh, with uh, Joe Wilfried Songa and Thierry Asion in South of France. I help for the management and development of the physical part of this academy. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's a good job to work with a top player. I'm not totally every time with him. And when I have time, I share my experiences with this tennis academy. And on the, on the other side, I have my company. And with my partner, uh, we have some players from different sports, uh, soccer, uh, basketball. And it's like a camp during one or two weeks. The player come to see us. Yeah, to work on different goals. And we try to help the guy uh, to... To keep his shape. Which players have the best all-round fitness or which sport, which athletes, sorry, like soccer players, tennis players? I think tennis players are quite high up there. Mm, I don't know. I mean, for the tennis, really, the tennis is a hard sport. And I can say the tennis player, when you touch the high level uh, as Daniel, you work physically and you work. It's not like a fake work. I can say in the soccer, it's lighter for sure. Uh, the practice... Uh, you know, the, the soccer practice is shorter and the guy is not like a legend. I can tell you, I was soccer player and it was mm. my sport when I was young. Some friends uh, did a career, professional career, some friend of me. And when I talk with them, yeah, okay, the guy practiced, but the intensity and the quality and the, how you say, consistency is, uh, is less than the tennis. Rugby is a little bit different because, uh, it's more on the strength part, you know, and it's more like a very, yeah, Explosive. hard, but on the, yeah, exactly. After basketball, it's a little bit different. I put basketball with the soccer. 
you work, but uh, not easy to push all guys. <laughs> <laughs> After my partner is working in golf, in golf is totally different because mm. uh, my partner is with uh, two uh, golf players in the circuit, professional circuit, and it's more like a bit every day, even if when you um, when you are in competition and you do your match, you do your day uh, mm. of competition. During the day and after your competition, you are able to work, you know. You are available to work. It's not like on the tennis. When you do your match, if you play two hours, just after, you don't do physical. On golf, you can. That's why, uh, yeah, I can say tennis is one of the... I mean, he's uh, at the high level about the fitness work, really, really, really. When you see the day, the tennis player can do... a. Two tennis of one hour thirty or two hours and the physical practice. It means he's gonna spend like five hours and a half or six hours per day. For the soccer, it means two hours per day and he's done. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, big difference. And since you started, let's say, working with tennis players and you gained a lot of knowledge, I'm sure you've learned a lot. But do the same yeah. specifics still apply from like 2015 to now? Has much changed in the strength and conditioning? world mm, if i understood correctly the question is like the evolution of the fitness part yes yes are the basics still the same from like five six years ago or has things completely changed i can say the basis uh, the base is the same uh, it means like for me uh, i tell you for me uh, the strength part is the most important and especially for the lower body and this can be the same i keep and i kept uh, my red lines but uh, when I started 10 years before, the physical part was not so important. And it was allez, tennis first, mm. for sure. And after, uh, if we have time, I mean, a little bit physical practice. Uh, now I can say that uh, uh, the fitness part, the physical practice, is really one of the main part of the yeah. practice of the player. And for me, it's, uh, you know, at the same level than the tennis. Uh, you want to become a good tennis player, you can play tennis for sure. And you have to play uh, to learn how to, to hit the ball tactically, no problem, technically, tactically, but uh, never you will become a good player if you have only your tennis. You have an you have to develop a, a big uh, physical shape. And that's why, for me, it was like this 10 years before and step by step, the physical part now arrive at the same level uh, because we can see on the side also that the mental part is coming. And, uh, you know, for me, the performance, you have to have a physical, mental and tennis at the same level. If you consider that one is more, more important than the other, you cannot touch like the big, big, big performance. It's what it's what we did with Danny, no? but uh, mental, physical, and tennis. We put everything is very important, and let's go to work on each part. Nice. And do you play any tennis? Me no. I mean, I can I can hit some ball because I worked uh, in the tennis since ten years, and I see, you know, I see, <laughs> and I did. I took some sometimes a racket and to hit the ball like this, but. I cannot say I, I, I play tennis. I don't know to serve when I serve. I know to serve, but after five or six, I have a bit pain in my shoulders, <laughs> in my shoulder. And uh, no, I play like this for the fun, but really like two friends on the court, not to, not on competition. You have a great coach and a great player. I think that we should they not give you loads of advice. You should be quite good. <laughs> for me to give you my opinion, it's not because you don't come from the tennis that you will be not a good fitness coach is the same for the tennis coach. It's not because you, you was not a professional in your sport that you will be not a good tennis coach. And in the same for each sport, we see a lot of federation to, to protect a little bit 
the whole players. You was professional, yeah, you will have your place in the system. But for me, and we we are a big example with Gilles and me. Gilles was not professional in in tennis. He played, but like a, a amateur player. Yeah. But and me, I was not from the tennis. But we work on the how you say on ourselves. Uh, we tried to evaluate exactly what is the tennis, to analyze correctly the activity, what is necessary to have the performance in the sport. And after we adapt everything with uh, our player because each player is different and to say, okay, I'm with Daniel now, but I don't know uh, for how many years I will do more with him. But anyway, when I will stop with Daniel, because they will have uh, a hand at this story, uh, if I work with another player, it will be different. I will define the maybe new red line and to, you know, I will yeah. not change my way to think, but my way to be every day on the court. Yes, I will. I will adapt it. And when you have this adaptation and this gym of the brain, you can become a good in your job. Nice. And my final question for you, Eric, is apart from Daniel, is there any player that you'd use for an example for unbelievable movement? Uh as I told you, me, I'm really focused on the legs and on the movement of the legs because for me, it's the most important. It's not easy to give you someone because for me, Daniel is one of the best or maybe the best about the, you know, the way to move on the court, especially with his, uh, with his tall. Yeah. Some guy like, uh, like Nadal, I repeat for, I repeat that for him, but he's like a legend of his sport and uh, he can move amazing. Uh, even if he's old now. <laughs> I try to think in the same time. Mm, not really, sorry, really, uh, when I see uh, about the movement on the court. My example is one of the best is Daniel. And uh, for me, uh, you know, I try to watch for sure the other guy, how they move. Yeah, I'm not, you know, in front like this. Yes, yeah, this guy move unbelievable. Eric, thank you very much. I appreciate your time. Very interesting. And best of luck with the recovery program ahead of you over the next few weeks and months. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Uh, with pleasure to restart uh, one uh, one like this when you will uh, want uh, to talk, I don't know, about one, some specific thing. But it was a pleasure to be with you. Thank you for your, your words. And uh, let's go to continue this good season. Hope you enjoyed that episode with Eric. I really, really liked it. It's been a while since we had a strength and conditioning coach on the podcast. I really found the part about the working relationship with Daniel, I thought that was really interesting. And I hope you had a favourite part too and you gained something from that episode. Thank you very much. I'll be back next week. And until then, goodbye.